Jewish Board Talk with Sharice Zeffert. Until very recently, Joburg has not had a special needs school for the Jewish community. Towards the end of last year, Dache Noam was created under the auspices of Boost Educational Support School and it provides its learners with therapy and life skills. Shireen Sack is very involved in Dache Noam and she joins me now in studio together with Heidi Boehm, the school psychologist. Um, ladies, welcome and thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having us. Um, Shireen, let's start with you and let's kind of establish exactly what your role is and where you fit into this. Okay, so I originally started off with Boost four years ago, um, and it grew to such a point that we said, well, what about Jewish children who don't fit into mainstream schooling, whether it's academically or socially and emotionally? Um, and we started off with one or two children, and we've now grown to almost 40. So at the beginning of this year, Darche Noam was established. We got our own campus. We have separate boys and girls. We have a full Kodesh program um, for both boys and girls. Um, and we have therapies on site. We have an OT and we have a speech therapist. Um, our secular is in line with the CAPS curriculum. Um, each child at the school works on their own individual learning program as well, um, with the input, obviously, from Heidi, our psychologist, as well as the therapists on site. Um, and then about... In the beginning, in, in, during the first term, we had a query about, well, what about special needs children? Because um, there is no facility, well, there's no Jewish school for them. Um, and we started off with two, and in the last month, month we've now grown to five special needs children. Um, yeah. Okay, so, so let, let's just take a okay. step back there. Sure. Uh, you are no longer with Boost, is that correct? Um, or is this falling under Boost? Um, so we are operating completely independently okay. of them. Okay, okay, so you started working, you've been a teacher, you've done psychology, um, obviously you've worked in different environments, uh, you worked at Boost, and then based on that, you decided to specifically focus on Jewish children. That's correct. Well, um, religious Jewish children. Okay, so um, secular... Jewish children, would you accept? It, yes, we would. <laughs> and and Heidi, welcome to you as well. Thank you for having um, me. Heidi, where do you, how do you, how, what is your role? So Shireen and I are working very closely in establishing the, establishing the school, and obviously it's very much in the beginning stages, and we are looking to build something really spectacular. Um, I also was a teacher before, and a psychologist working in various environments, and it's always been a passion and a desire for me to allow these children a place in the world and to be educated and not left by the side way. Um, you know, um, so our, our role very much is to take these children and educate them in the best way that they can be educated in the, with the, the foresight that not everybody is going to have an academic matric or an academic career. Some of us choose not to. Some of us don't have the capabilities. So our um, vision moving forward is to get these children to be self-fulfilled individuals who can contribute back to the community and within themselves feel that they are contributing and not sponging off somebody else. So we are looking towards also creating a vocational stream um, where we've got some very exciting new um, plans up our sleeves. We really are <laughs> investigating some really, really wonderful things that will enable all children, no matter where they are, to leave knowing that they can do something and feel good about themselves. Okay, so you've established very, very recently, and already your numbers have grown. Where are you situated? 
Um, so we are currently situated on Athol Street, um, Highlands North, near McDonald's. Um, but having said that, our special needs children had to move because we were running out of space there. So they're currently in my house at the moment <laughs> until we have a... Have uh, a has school ended for today? Are they still currently in your house? Mm. Uh, so. <laughs> yeah. But do you have, I imagine, I mean, Heidi obviously supplies the psychological support. I imagine you have with you a host of therapists, teachers... Etc. We do. So we have an OT and we have a speech therapist on board, um, and all our teachers um, have remedial experience and remedial training um, and qualifications. But they all. What is most important is the connection with these children and the love that they have for these learners, because without that, our learners wouldn't be where they are. Yeah, they're all incredibly passionate people, and we are growing our. Uh, obviously need to grow our campus which we're in the process of doing as well as growing our team so we're in the process of sourcing really specialized wonderful people to to become part of our therapeutic and educational team um, it sounds absolutely amazing and I, I must commend you on kind of taking the initiative you say you started off just at the end of last year uh, let's just uh, let's talk about your mainstream education. Um, did you advertise at all? Not really. It's been more the word of mouth, actually. You know, because when you've got happy children and happy parents, that's your biggest um, marketer. So we haven't really. So, so you, let's separate the two schools because yeah. they're physically separated anyway. Right. And you're probably going to. Um, are you looking to? Expand physically? Are you looking yes, to change premises? So that's in the pipeline at the moment. So you, okay, so you started off with word of mouth, a few students. You, you opened your school, and then what happened? Okay, so let's just go back. So it started. So four years ago, it started under Boost, where we had eight children down in Glen Hazel from grade one to matric. Okay. Um, it was our first year, our first matric who did well. The following year, it grew and grew and grew, and then the primary school moved over. The middle school was then separated into their own campus as well as the high the school. The primary school moved over as in the Jewish students moved over? No, so no. Okay, so they were all together. So to, at the end of our first year... Oh, of, when you say they were all together, the students were all together, the learners were all together. Yes, we had them in one campus. Right. And then because it grew, the juniors had to be separated from the high school right. children. Um, this was the mixed schools we talk about. This is we talk mm-hmm. about Boost. And then it grew so much that the middle school also got separated onto their own property. So we had a a primary school, a middle school, and a high school. And I was in charge of the middle school and the high school. And um, and then I and then I said, well, what about religious Jewish children? Because there are gaps for them as well. Where do they go? And so we opened it up to Jewish children as a new school. As, um, it was still under boost. It, it was, was our second boost. year. And what we did is we had an afternoon school, so they would learn their Kurdish at their schools in the morning, and they would come and do their secular with us in the afternoon. And then we had a need for what about primary school children? Now they can't come late no. in the afternoon because they're tired. So we started <laughs> off with two boys, actually in my house too. Right. And then. Um, <laughs> And then at last year, they were all over in different campuses. So I had the girls' school in one campus and the boys' primary school and the high school, and it didn't work because they were all over. So this year, we created our own campus. Right. And your um, own school, as yeah. per se. Yes, so you've right. got, but the philosophy of each school, each child being an individual, right. each child studying at his or her own pace right. continues. That continues. Each child is on their own individual learning program aligned with the CAPS curriculum. And we're very specific about that. We've got learners who have strengths in certain 
areas and weaknesses in other areas. So um, we're catering towards what's best for them. So if they may be on a grade two English level, but grade six maths level, we're great with that. We're also in the process of implementing a lot more technology learning, iPad-based learning, and that because that's the way that these children are going to learn and accommodate them. So it's very much looking towards you know, each child, what is going to help them attain what they need in their little lives? Heidi, as a psychologist who has worked, again, broadly around, do you think that more and more people are opting out of mainstream? So I don't know if it's opting out. I mean, when we say we also have a learners who are in our school because the mainstream, and I say that inverted school commas, um, school is, is a system that didn't work for them. Perhaps it's anxiety or social or it's just too overwhelming. It doesn't mean that there's only, that we only are looking at children with academics. So I don't know if they're opting out, but it's a system that doesn't always work for every for individual. Yes. So we're trying to create a pocket where hopefully we can create a little system within a bigger system within a bigger system that will help these children attain what they need to. So I don't think it's opting out. And like we said, we're we're looking and um, investigating a whole bunch of different options so that we open up those options to the children, not as an opting out per se, but as um, a broadening, yeah, broadening, broadening the options. Because we have seen a number of schools, I mean, throughout the years as, that have um, developed that Aren't for the students. I, I, I didn't mean it in a derogatory yeah, no, way at all. Um, <laughs> but, but just, you know, people, as you said, um, develop differently, um, have different needs at different times. And mainstream has certain expectations of every child every day to do certain things. Right. Which may not be appropriate for every child every day. Right. right. Not every child fits that system. Yes. I mean, we have some very academic children who just from an anxiety point of view, um, have actually thrived at us. And uh, the the object then is to keep it as small as possible, as individualized as possible. I mean, and and yet you're growing and growing and growing. So our mold is not going to change. So um, the class size will be between six and eight. Um, You know, when it comes... Irrespective. Yes. There will never be more than six to eight and if learners. that does happen, like let's say in a grade, then it would be two classes. We would never change the number of children within each class. And then when it comes to your grade 10 and 11 and 12, where is your subject choice, you are never going to have more than that because every child chooses their own subjects. And we've tried to cater for all of those children. So, for example, in matric, I've got some students doing IT and science. We have got some others doing consumers and tourism. So we try to accommodate them as much as possible. Yeah, just practically, how how do you make that happen? I mean, it's it's very. I mean, some of the kind of mainstream schools that are smaller yeah. don't offer a full range of subjects because they struggle yeah. to do so. <laughs> Our logistics are quite hectic. No, it's it's really hectic. And you often walk in and you'll see one or two children per teacher. You know, so it's really like almost a tutoring so scenario because of organising individual uh, programs. Do, I mean, what is the ratio between? pupils and teachers. I know we don't use the word pupils anymore. But I <laughs> well, it depends per subject. I mean, like, for example, English and Afrikaans, provided that they don't, they haven't been granted the Afrikaans exemptions, um, it's usually one to four, one to six, just depending per class, but not more than that. And socially, how do you encourage social interaction? Well, or? you know, they all interact so well, whether they're in grade five or grade six or grade seven, they actually are all out together at break. So within the class, they're separate, but outside, they all interact, grade 11s, 
and they all get on really well with each other, which is really nice because they actually understand that they're all there for a reason. So there's that mutual respect between each of the children. Right. And that creates a happy environment at our school. Okay, and at the end of the day, you are you you are recognised yes. as an independent school. Yes, and we're registered with the GDE and everything. And you're registered. Yeah. So you, your syllabus is essentially the, the same. same. It's just a question of how you get about to the end goal. That's yeah. right. Now, can we talk a little bit about the special needs? Yes, right, because that's the more new, and you said it's already doubled in such a short space we, of time. We started off with one boy. I think it was already February or March time, and then another girl joined us in second term, and in the last week, we've now grown to five children there. But by children, I mean these are the older, these are not your little ones, these are ranging from about 14 up to about 22 years old. And obviously the skills that you provide them or what you offer them is very different to mainstream. Absolutely. So what do you offer them? Well, it's more vocational for them, like what they can do. So each of them is on their own IEP, the individual program. So for example, it could be basics like being able to bake colors. Um, you know, it's very functional, it's very functional. This, with these children. And in terms of teacher-learner ratio? So I actually, because there's five of them, I have a teacher and she has an assistant with her. Right. So there's one teacher, teacher. one assistant, yeah. and therapist? Therapists there are. So we are finalizing them now. It was the therapist that they, curr- that they previously did have. So because this has all just happened in the last week, um, <laughs> they will be starting with them next week, please, God. And it's kind of, a f- it's really groundbreaking. That's right. And we are hoping to also encourage um, younger learners because there seem to be a lot of um, young children who have landed up in environments that maybe are not as conducive to learning as we'd like or not in line with the parents' belief system, but they've kind of had no option but where to put them. So we are really looking towards that, and that will be very it will be a lot of skills based um underlying skills based work that we'll be working with with those young children and that's very exciting and we've already lined up a phenomenal teacher to take over so you really are looking to expand and again word of mouth no doubt is the best way forward (laughs) one thing i do want to bring up and um the teacher before you ministry spoke about it as well and when we spoke before the interview the passion that you have and the difference you make in children's lives is almost palpable. Thanks. <laughs> do, you, do you want to talk about it? Because uh, you, you, I think it's an amazing vocation that you have. And for many people, it's nothing more. <laughs> Both of you can will have on. an opportunity. <laughs> So you know what, because I've been mm. exposed, I mean, I started off my teaching career teaching at Johannesburg Girls School, where I, not, I had 40, 45 underprivileged black children in my class. And I, for me, that was like, I think it was a turning point in my life, actually, because these children come from nothing. And I mean, they're like, what's the word? Um, they're like getting to school on time. They're beautiful uniforms. They want to learn. And, you know, it's the same with these children. They, they, they just need the right environment and they need the right support and they can achieve whatever they want. And that's actually what we've seen. I mean, children have come from environments where they literally have the anxiety or like they've been, I, I don't know what the correct word is, mm-hmm. where they, sometimes they've been marginalized okay. or they've maybe been, that's the word. they've been labeled or put, by a set test score or something like that and they haven't been allowed to see who the person is right. behind that assessment right. report and unfortunately often children are turned away or mm. 
you know, not given places in a school because they don't sit, fit a certain statistical test or yeah. a certain kind of character or look like that is. And I've, and it's been for me and Shireen and I, my part across many years before, it's always been a difficulty that I've had because I think children are often written off before they're allowed an opportunity. Mm. And I think that's where our passion is, is that we see the opportunity within these children. And not only that we can educate them, but working with many special needs children and different styles and types of children, we learn, we grow, we take out from them as much, if not more, than what they give us. And that's been the truth with our children in our schools. So some of the children in the Remedial stream, I don't like that word, but the inclusive stream, they have grown so much. The care that they have for the special needs kids and the acceptance and the tolerance, and I think it needs to start with children and we need to educate adults because sometimes people are afraid Mm, because it doesn't fit. Mm. Uh, no. So our aim is really to create happy children because when your children are happy in the environment that they are, you can almost get everything out of them and we've seen that I mean we've seen children who've come to us this year last year and the turnaround has been phenomenal Um, and also what you were saying in terms of the special needs children is that it's what everyone else can learn from them just as Mm -hmm. much as we can Um, something else I wanted to say And and the the plan going forward actually is we want to create that inclusive school. So yes, now they're separate just because of lack of space, mm-hmm. but we want to have them all on one property. I mean, obviously they would be educated mm-hmm. um, in their own separate yes. section, but they would be included whether it's at the breaks or whether it comes to like a Purim carnival, um, all those kind of things, so that we're teaching the children from a young age about that. They're part of us too. They're part of society and tolerance and acceptance and growth. Fantastic. Well, I think the only thing that remains, Shireen, is for you to give us contact details. Should anybody wish to become part or know of people who'd like to join your school? Okay, so um, my cell phone number is 0829269002, and then they can email me at shireen at darchenoam.co.za. That's great. And I'll also, if anybody would like those details and they didn't catch them, they're welcome to get them from me. So in that case, Shireen Sachs and Heidi Bohm, I'd like to thank you for coming in and sharing a bit more. And also to wish you, may you grow from strength to strength and become a a landmark of uh, Jewish education here in South Africa. Thank you very much. Well done. Thanks. After the break, I speak to Sam Sokol and we continue learning more about what's happening in the world of the diaspora jury. 